You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and on this edition of the show, we are going to be taking stock of Arsenal's summer so far. We're going to be discussing transfers, potential transfers, rumoured transfers, people that we want to get out of the club. We're also going to be touching on some of the pre-season friendlies and getting our special guests' thoughts on how the summer has gone so far. Joining me back after a little while is the brilliant Mike Stavrou. Mike, welcome back to the show, mate. How have you been? Long time. Oh, mate, I'm good. I'm so happy to be back. So happy to be back. I took a little break, uh, in, enjoyed my summer, uh, sort of enjoyed England as well, in a way, as much as I can enjoy it. And uh, yeah, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I took a bit of an Arsenal-related break because I feel like it was an intense season, but I'm, I'm buzzing now for the new season. So yeah, ready to go. It's very much needed, isn't it? Especially after a disappointing campaign like the one we had last time. You know, it was really draining. It was one of those that really tests your patience as a supporter. I actually found the Euros really good as a distraction because for about a month yeah. I was, yeah, I was keeping up to date with what was going on with Arsenal. And yeah, we were putting out some shows here and there, but we even switched up some of the channels focus towards the Euros. And I found that really helpful in, in terms of getting over the trauma of uh, what was a really miserable campaign. Um, the summer is in full swing. Um, it is transfer silly season, as we all know. And me and you both work in the industry, Mike. We know what the transfer window is all about. It's a lot of hot air that usually amounts to nothing. Um, how have you found this summer? Because it's been like every summer of late with Arsenal. We've seemed to be linked with a ton of players uh, so far. Lakonga's come in, Nuno Tavares has come in, Ben White has signed on the dotted line. That announcement is imminent. But I just wanted to start off by getting your thoughts on the business that Arsenal have done so far. And let's start with the big one, Ben White. Massive investment, £50 million. And I must admit, when I first heard that Arsenal were looking to sign Ben White and that it was going to cost in the region of £50 million, my initial thought was, that's a bit excessive. That's a bit over the top. And I'm not sure about it. I, over the process of the last few weeks, have, have kind of warmed to the idea and I'm actually quite positive and excited about it now. How do you feel about the uh, the arrival of the Brighton defender? Yeah, initially, I think similar to you, when I heard about it, I was like, what, we're paying 50 million for a guy who's relatively inexperienced. I think, you know, only one one year in the in the Premier League and then a bit of experience in the Championship with, with Leeds. And I was looking at that thinking... Is that going to be the guys to take us to the next level? Um, but then again, when you look at where we are as a club and the sort of investments we should be making, which are for the long term, I think it makes sense. Let's be honest, like it's not one of them signings where it blows you away because I think no Arsenal fan would have been, you know, amazed at that transfer when they first heard about it. But I think it makes sense. I think that's the sort of signing we should be looking to make. And I think with all the ones so far, it's one of them ones where you look to the future, you look to this kind of squad that you are that you want Arteta to build. Um, you know, it's young. And even, you know, I, I was thinking as well, sort of the other day, the importance of having um, a British core. I think it 
sort of flies under the radar a little bit you know a team of of, of guys that are that are solely like connected and they, they they know the the english academies don't necessarily have to be english but i mean have come through that system and they they will know each other as well obviously like um ben white and saka as well were, were in the england squad for the euros yeah home homegrown quote or all those sort of things it sort of ties into into what we need which is a bit of um a, a, a sort of mentality where you you sing from the same hymn sheet and you're all sort of together. And I feel like we've been missing that for a while. And that's the sort of guy and the sort of, you know, character that, that we need. So as much as there might be questions over Ben White's ability at the moment, because he's still quite a young player, I think in terms of profile, it's the sort of player we should be going for. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that profile-wise, we have to be signing players of the right age, pl- players with the, the potential to develop further, players that have the ability to, hold on to a sell-on value, which is something Arsenal have done so poorly over recent years. Um, yeah, I, I'm really positive about it, really excited about it. I think for me, and I don't know if you feel the same way, the importance of signing a centre-back never really dawned on me until after it, we saw that William Saliba was not going to be at the club. But now when I think back, I was probably naive to think that William Saliba was ready, You know, given that he's been shipped out on loan again. To think that William Saliba was going to come in and take over from David Luiz, who, let's be honest, had a really good season last year, was a little bit naive. And so I think this is where the club have probably, you know, they've focused on this, they've honed in on this, and maybe it went under the radar from the fans' perspective a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's clear to see from um, on the Saliba thing that he's clearly not ready. Um, Whatever it was, whatever situation went on, you know, maybe there's been things behind the scenes, but when he turned up last summer... Um, Arteta didn't deem him ready. I mean, the fact that he didn't even get a go in the in the Carabao Cup probably tells you quite a lot about where he is as a player and how, how raw he is. You know, he wasn't in the Europa League squad, wasn't in the Premier League squad, and then he went out alone in January. And I think Arteta got a lot of stick for that. And they were saying, you know, we've invested 27 million in this in this youngster. Why is he not even playing? Um, but I think actually uh, his new manager at Marseille came out said. Uh, oh, actually, yeah, he's he's got things to improve, and people are suddenly thinking, okay, maybe Arteta was was onto something here. And I think that's the sort of thing where fans need to understand a little bit more that the guys watching him week in week out will know slightly more than than us fans um, who, who who think we know it all. But sometimes we jump the gun, get a bit emotional, but we'll know. Um, and you're right. I mean, I didn't see centre back as a as a priority this summer. But again, when when you looked at it, Dava Luiz out, Saliba obviously not coming back. Who do we really have there? That's sort of a standout centre back that you think, all right, these are the guys that can lead us into the new season, get us back into the top four, which I'm sure is the objective. You know, Callum Chambers who can slot in there, Gabriel, Mari, Rob Holding, who a lot of Arsenal fans don't rate. And I think actually it was a really smart signing and it will be will prove to be one um but i would say overall harry you know as from a fan perspective and you know we do let our emotions get the better of us it's a slightly underwhelming window so far and i think it's really not helped united signing rafael Varane because we're like already comparing ourselves and i've seen you know this debate on twitter Varane, ben white Varane, ben white which one would you take and i feel it's a little bit unfair because the situations that the clubs are in are so different. The situations that Brighton and Real Madrid are in, again, are so different. And the player contracts, it's, it's hard to compare, but 
I think it's it's an easy one to compare, isn't it? Really, because you look at two centre backs coming in, um, and you know two ri- rival clubs at the moment. But I don't know. Yeah, I think that comparison is 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 a weird one for me. I, I've seen people saying that as well. I've seen Arsenal fans saying, "Well, Man United got Rafael Varane for less than what Arsenal." Uh, forked out for Ben White. But of course, there's the wages that you've got to factor in. The the overall investment on Rafael Varane is still bigger than what Arsenal are investing in Ben White. And I would argue that Ben White has a a, a bigger future ahead of him because he's got more years in front of him. It's not to say he's going to be a better player than Rafael Varane. I'm not saying that. But it's, it's two very different transfers from two sides that are in different places. Manchester United are in the Champions League. Manchester United with this type of signing would be expected to challenge for the Premier League title. And I think if we're completely honest, as Arsenal fans, we've got to acknowledge that we're a million miles away from that. And just to pick up on your point about it maybe being a slightly underwhelming window so far, I think I see where you're coming from. Um, You know, you're talking about Ben White coming in, who we're quite positive about. But then you look at uh, Sambi Lakonga, a player who I believe is going to go on and have a really good career. But is he quite ready yet to really sort of help turn Arsenal's fortunes around? Nuno Tavares is another one that I don't think any of us were even aware of, you know, prior to Arsenal picking him up. I know he played against us a couple of times, but he didn't stand out to me in any way. And now we're in this place where we're looking at these signings and we're going, well, yeah, you know, they're not marquee names and they're not people that are going to, you know, really get bums on seats at the Emirates. But we've got to acknowledge where Arsenal are. And Arsenal are an eighth place club for two seasons now. It wasn't just a one-off, two seasons, back-to-back, eighth place finishes, not good enough. And we need to rebuild. And this is signing this type of player, this 21 to 23-year-old who has got a relative amount of experience to the point where it's not too much of a gamble, but equally has room to improve and can go on and become a a, a sort of far better player in the future, is the sweet spot for Arsenal now. I think that is how you rebuild. And so I'm not disappointed with it at the moment, I've got to say. But there are other positions that need addressing. We've talked about centre-back. We know Lokonga's coming in. I don't know about you, Mike, but I feel that the midfield still needs a lot of work, even though Lokonga's come in. I don't really want to burden him with starting every single week in the Premier League alongside Partey. We need to bring someone else in. Who would you be looking at? Because we've been linked with a load of players. Which one stands out to you? Who's the one you'd like to see come in? It's a really difficult question. Sorry, did you lose me there for a second? Yeah, you're back. Go on. Yeah, sorry. No, I think it's it's a really difficult question because if you look at the sort of profile player, I mean, it really depends on whether Xhaka goes. I mean, I was convinced, really, um, that Xhaka was gone. I thought that it was a done deal. But the more the time goes on and we're hearing less and less about it, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. So if Xhaka stays, I think we do need a signing, but I wouldn't be that bothered about it being a starter. Because even though I do think we need an upgrade, I think there's there's maybe other areas um, that that would be prioritised. If Xhaka goes, then it's it's a different story. I think um, a player that I quite like is uh, Cooper Myers. I don't know, I don't know if you heard of him. Um, he's he's been linked to us. He's sort of left footed defensive mid, um, come through Ajax, promising player. And I, I quite like him. I think that's the sort of player we should be going for. A little bit more mobile than Xhaka, but still has the passing qualities, press resistance those sort of things that, that that I like. But I think in terms of the, the signings, 
what I think overall is that when you look at the, the first 11, obviously Ben White will hopefully slot into the to the first 11. Lukonga is a long-term signing. Tavares is going to play as backups, Kieran Tierney. I think when, you, when, when you're a team that's finished eighth in the Premier League without European football, you need to improve that first team, that starting 11, in order to get higher up. And that's my... That's where my frustration is coming from, I think. I think when you look at, at Man United, they finished second. I know we're making this comparison again. They've signed Jaden Sancho, walked straight into the first team, signed Rafael Varane, walked straight into the into the first team. These are players that that will help them make the step up. When I'm looking at players that will help us make the step up, I'm thinking it will be are the players we've been linked with immediately. I'm thinking Lautaro Martinez. I'm thinking James Madison. You know, I'm thinking players like that, players that walk straight in, improve the first 11. It's just where where the club sees it going. Do they want us to improve long term? And that's sort of where I think the transfer business at the moment is pointing towards because it's smart signings, future signings, but not exactly going to improve us immediately. I mean, maybe that's just where we are. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's where they see it. But obviously, as a fan, you want to see top class players come in. And at the moment, we're not we're not seeing it. I agree with a lot of what you just said there. I do think, though, that the kind of idea is that the Emil Smith-Rose, the Bukayo Sackers, uh, you know, these players will go on to another level, hopefully having obviously had a, that season under their belts. Emil Smith-Rowe had a really good second half of the season last year, and it looks as though Arsenal have really put their faith in him to go on and, and sort of develop further. I think they're looking at people like Kieran Tierney. They're looking at people like Gabriel, who they brought in last summer as players who now are going to go to the next level. And while they're improving, in theory, the team should improve, right? I yeah. It's a hard one because I think I, I agree with what you say about the fact that you want to see players coming in that improve the starting eleven. But I also think that sometimes, you know, we can get almost drawn into this trap of believing that we need to sign the, the most ho- high profile players out there when actually we may have some in-house solutions and some of these players that we are signing could go on to be good assets to the squad. So it's, it's, it's a hard one. Look, I'd like to see us do further business. I think that, as I mentioned, the centre of midfield is huge. It is so important that we get someone in there for me. Um, that's obviously with Xhaka leaving. And I, I think the Xhaka deal will happen. I just think it's going to drag on a little bit longer until the time constraint kind of forces somebody into giving way a little bit. Uh, let's quickly uh, say a few hellos in the live chat box because there's plenty of you in there. Uh, big hello to uh, Abdullah from uh, South Africa. We've got uh, Howard who joins us from Namibia. Big hello to uh, Stell from Shoot the Defence. He says, cool t-shirt, Harry. Yes, I'm wearing a Shoot the Defence. Still pointing on the wrong side. Shoot the Defence t-shirt. Uh, Stell. The uh, writing's coming off. I've had it a few years, to be fair. I think I need to get a new one off you. Uh, but check out Shoot the Defence. It's a fantastic uh, general football podcast. Great content uh, hosted expertly uh, by Stel. So get over there and check it out. Big hello to Simranji uh, in the chat as well. Who else have we got? Uh, I saw a really nice comment that I wanted to read out. 
Here it is from Mark Denny. He says, hi, all. I'm a North London lad living in Germany. I'm stuck here since COVID began. I normally come home for the winter. Love the channel. The Chronicles, the Gunatalk and Hybrid Squad have all been a godsend. Great content. Thank you so much, mate, for your kind words and for tuning in. And whilst we're on a bit of a natural break, I uh, just want to quickly remind you guys that this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped.com. So for all your male grooming needs, head over, get yourself a lawnmower 4.0. Mike, I can tell you, you need to get yourself one, mate. You won't be disappointed. I do, mate. I do. You, you get through all the uh, foliage, whatever you want to call it, with <laughs> such ease. The battery lasts for ages. And um, yeah, it's got anti-cut technology. What more do you want than that? Uh, you can uh, shave your ball safely, basically. So uh, check it out. Uh, great products. And if you enter our discount code, which is 19min20, you'll get 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. So you'll definitely, definitely uh, save yourself a fair chunk of money. Um, Mike, there's been a lot of clamour about Arsenal's preseason friendlies. And of course, um, there was the game against Hibernian where lots of people uh, lost their shit, uh, basically went stark raving mad about the fact that we, we, we didn't win the game. And then, of course, there was the game against Rangers where it was a little bit more positive. Arsenal were then set to travel to the United States to take part in the uh, the, the Florida Cup. That didn't happen due to a couple of positive uh, COVID cases within the travelling party. It seems that it wasn't players because nobody's been missing uh, necessarily. It was obviously members of staff. Would you say that Arsenal have benefited from not going to the United States and taking part in this competition? Obviously not financially, but from a footballing perspective. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You you get the squad together. They're all at uh, London Colonies together. Then playing some extra games over here. Um, and it was it was good to see Leno come back in as well. Uh, just in, in in terms of you know integrating new players, I think there's nothing better than to have them here and to have uh, Arteta watch them close up because if we're going abroad, obviously you're not you're not able to bring the entire you know team, the entire squad. You know you can bring some extras, but now he's got a chance to look at some, and um, from from the early games, from the Hibernian game, I, I uh, I'm going to do a, not a little shout out here, but essentially um, it is um, my missus's cousin is uh, Jack Henry Francis. So from from a personal perspective, it was quite cool to see him play, and he, he looked quite good, didn't he? Um, and but it's just as a, as, as a general point, it's good to see these youngsters given a go. And um, to have them on home turf, you know, they're literally, most of them are, are at Colney anyway. So just bring them in, give them a go. And I, I think I think that's what you need. And look, I, I don't put too much stock in the preseason friendlies personally. I think it's just a fitness exercise. But against uh, Watford, I think we looked pretty sharp for what it's worth. I, I, I did like Lokonga. Um, what I really like about him is that he takes the ball on the half term. And I've not seen an Arsenal midfielder do that for a long time as we know you know the reason why a lot of people hate Xhaka is because he turns like a boat essentially and um, <laughs> it just speeds everything up doesn't it really and for, for him to be doing that and, and he's only been here a few weeks I think it's a good sign of things to come up I, I think people might be surprised by him a little bit you know when we're not going to go over the top but because it, it is pre-season but I think there's definitely signs and you know as, as I said, being on home turf, it just gives you that that flexibility, doesn't it? And the the traveling and the COVID restrictions, it makes everything a hundred times harder. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to these games actually coming up on Sunday. You're going to be there, are you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. And um, 
What's really interesting is the tickets. So I think they were 35 quid, right? Uh, normally, but for 39 quid, you could go club level. So why wouldn't you? Yeah, so I've booked to go to go club level, the posh seats, prawn sandwich seats. There you go. Um, yeah. So, yeah, because it, it's two games as well, back to back. It's the Arsenal women versus yeah. Chelsea women, which I'm going to go and watch. And then, of course, the men's game kicks off after. So, yeah, I'll be there. And as I said on a podcast the other day, if any of you down there um, spot me, come and say hello. Because remember, you guys see my face every single day, but I don't see yours. So it's much yeah. more difficult for me. Uh, to spot you guys and I'd love uh, I'd love to see some of you I'd love to meet some of you um, and hear your thoughts on on all things Arsenal and of course the podcast as well so yeah if you do bump into me make sure you come over and say hello um, so I, I agree with you Mike that the, the fact that we've not gone to the Florida Cup I think has been a good thing I think it's been a bit of a godsend I think the fact that we've been able to play a couple of games behind closed doors has also been helpful because there just seems to be, I know you said that you don't put too much stock in preseason friendlies, neither do I, but there seems to be a lot of Arsenal fans out there that do. And I think actually being able to go out and play those games, get the fitness, um, you know, and, and maybe experiment with a few things here or there, give some youngsters the opportunity to uh, stake their case as well for a place in the squad moving forward. I think it's been helpful to do it without the kind of circus that follows it. And, you know, people having to kind of watch the games back later on it's kind of it's given Arsenal a bit of distance from the kind of overreactionary fan base at times. So I I quite like it, and I and I agree. I must say, what's your um feelings kind of going into the new season? Then I know there's still a couple of weeks to go. I know there's still a lot of business probably to be done with regards to incomings, outgoings. How are you feeling going into the new season? I'm one of these people that when I go into a new season, no matter how bad the season was last time out, I'm going to be optimistic. Because I think, what's the point in supporting a football team if you can't be optimistic? Like, you, you need that at times. It's part of what we love about football, being able to hit the reset button um, and then go again. So I'm quite positive that we will see a better, stronger Arsenal. Based on what we've done so far and what you think we might do in the window, how are you feeling about the, the new season? Positive? I'm feeling positive. I'm feeling confident. I think this should be the season where we where we make that step up to finally get back into the Champions League. And I think mostly if we get a few more few more names in the door, you know, another number 10, maybe maybe a striker in there like a Tammy Abraham or someone like that. I think there's all the elements there to do it and there there can be no blame laid anywhere else other than at at, at the manager's hands and I mean we're all we're all optimistic, all of us. I think as an as, as Arsenal fans, we do go into that, and no, no matter what pain we've experienced before, there's always that optimistic thing in the back of our minds of saying, you know, let's support the team, let's go in there. I just worry, Harry, about how quickly fans will turn on on Mikel if it if it's not the start that everyone hopes, because we've got a tough tough open a few games. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm I'm concerned that the the Wolves will be out in in you know instantly if if we get a few losses in in our first few games and i just think we've given him the summer um and we need to give him at least at least like three three four months at least until christmas i think um and give him a, a full run until then and then we then we assess where, where we are and if we're going well then we carry on but i don't want to see this like clamoring for him to be sacked like it was at various points last season and especially after the Europa League 
I feel like we've we've put we've put faith in him now. It's time to you know give him that time. Um, and yeah, I think it's the the sort of it sort of coming together in in a way. I, I think it I think it really is, and it's our time. Like it's about time that that these players you know gave everything for the shirt and got us back into Champions League because. As Josh Kroenke said, you know, we're a Champions League club in the Europa League. So how much longer are we gonna are we gonna be able to really stay here, attract these players? Like we got Thomas Party last year, bringing Ben White in. I know he's not a big name, but probably there was a few big clubs sniffing around. So how much longer are we gonna be able to do that as a Europa League club? I feel like now is now is the time. So it, it needs to be. Yeah, it does need to be. And and I think the key word that you, you mentioned there was we need to assess where we are um, sort of three, four months into the season. And it's important that we do actually assess it and assess it properly and not just go, well, we didn't beat Manchester City and we didn't beat Chelsea. So that means we're shit and Mikel Arteta needs to be sacked tomorrow because we've got to remember where we are. We've got to remember that those two sides are on a completely different level to us. And we've got to, I think, look at the performances Look at the nature of the the defeats that we're inevitably going to suffer uh, at various points in the season and, and use that as part of our judgment. It can't just be, I want X amount of points from the first six games. And if he doesn't get that, he's going to be sacked because yeah. there will be circumstances around that. And it's that kind of simplistic view of things at times that's left me feeling really frustrated by some of our own supporters because it just feels in that instance reactionary and not well thought out and not sort of, it, it's, you know, if that's your view, fair enough. But for me, I, I like to look at it a little bit deeper. I like, like to look at it in a little bit more detail and analyze it a little bit more thoroughly to come to the conclusions that I'm going to come to rather than just jumping on, onto stuff. And and that's, that's me. But I think, I think I, uh, you know, I know that this season is huge. It's huge for him and it's massive. And if we get halfway through the season and there isn't a, a notable improvement and people want him sacked, then it will be very, very hard to argue the opposite. That's yeah. that's the reality, isn't it? Um, I think for me, uh, you know, we talk a lot about this this number 10 thing uh, in, in recent days and recent weeks. And we've spoken so, so much about whether we should go for Madison, whether we should go for uh, Martin Erdogan. A lot of people lean towards Madison. My view on it is that Madison is not worth double the money that Martin Odegaard is. And so if Martin Odegaard is available for around about 35 million, which is what, what's been rumoured, and Madison's going to cost us 70, I go with the Norwegian. What would you do in the number 10 role? Uh, putting money aside... First of all, who would you prefer to see lining up in an Arsenal shirt week in, week out? Money aside, completely honestly, I'd rather James Madison because I think we've lacked a goal-scoring midfielder for so many years. Um, you know, Ramsey was that was that man for a while. But, you know, going beyond that, you'd have to go far. Like, maybe Cesc Fabregas, you know, Thomas Rosicki chipped in with a few but it's been so much time since we've had someone that that is a, that is a threat from midfield you know whether that be free kicks I know the majority of Madison's were from you know set pieces but I just think that we need that and Ode, as as much as I do like Odegaard he doesn't offer that he's not a constant goal threat he's not gonna you know get in the box and and you know he's not gonna hit long range pile drivers like like Madison can so I think if you're asking me in an ideal world it would be Madison but I do see the benefits of Odegaard because I feel like this is a player 
sorry. Yeah, you're me? back now. Go ahead, man. Carry on. Carry on with the point. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, from a, from a young age, Odegaard was a player who he was touted to go to the very top. And I feel like although he has, you know, dropped down and he's not quite lived up to that expectation, he's still got bags of talent. Like that, that talent doesn't really go. And first of all, he's a player that has played with us before. He knows the manager. He, he knows the club. We know what, what we can get from him. I'm, I know, I don't really get where a lot of fans are coming from when they don't rate him. And I feel like he is class. Of course, he's got room to grow, but that's he, he's young, isn't he? Um, so I feel like I do understand that. And if you, if you actually ask me, you know, whatever the fee will be for Madison, what, about 75, 80 million, and then Odegaard, 35 million, where we are right now, I would say Odegaard. Because I feel like as well, if you bring in James Madison, it could limit um, Emil Smith-Rowe's minutes in, in the number 10 position. And I feel like, do you really want to do that with like one of the one of the generational talents coming through? Would you really want to hinder that? And I feel like with Odegaard, they got the balance really, really right um, last season. He was sort of bringing him in for some games, dropping him for some games, but Smith-Rowe still played. So I feel like that is the smart signing. It just sort of makes sense for me. I yeah. mean, for, for me, I, I, I sort of ruled it out, Harry, to be honest with you. I, I thought he was going to stay at Madrid. So I'm really happy that these these uh, rumours have resurfaced because I feel like he's the, he's the right man. And I, I understand what people are saying, like, you know, and it it's almost contradicts what I was saying earlier about bringing players in that will improve us straight away. But you have to temper that with with understanding where we are. Like, we're dropping 50 million on Ben White. That, you know, you would think is a sizable part of, of our budget, like yeah. considering the, the, the money that, that we have at the moment in terms of, you know, where we're finishing and without European football. I, I know, obviously, the, the owners have started investing a little bit more, but it's smart for me. It, it's smart business. And it'll probably also allow us to address other areas of the team that need addressing yeah. as well. Um, yeah. and, and that's important, isn't it? Because there are a few positions that you look at now that, you, you know, we need another goalkeeper, whether that be to replace Bern Leno or to back him up. We need a central midfielder, as we've discussed. We need that creative midfielder. We could probably do with bringing in a, a better right back as well. Um, you know, there's an argument that we maybe even need to move on one of our strikers and bring one of those in as well. So there's so many positions that need addressing at Arsenal that it just feels to me with Martin Odegaard available for essentially half of what James Madison would cost, it's a bit of a no-brainer and it would be a little bit irresponsible yeah. to go and spend all that money on James Madison and potentially hinder us in doing other things. Uh, get your questions in the live chat box. We're going to wrap up the last 10 minutes or so with some of your questions. So get involved in the chat box. Pop a little cue at the beginning of them. Uh, also, just a quick message. Uh, thank you to all of those of you who have already voted for us uh, in the uh, FCAs in the category of Best Club Creator. That's the Football Content Awards. As I keep saying over the last few days, we weren't even going to talk about it. We weren't even going to enter it. But I've seen so many people, and I'm so thankful, uh, sort of tweeting and voting for us uh, that we're now asking you to do it. We might as well. Uh, so get over to Twitter and you can tweet the following. I am voting for at Chronicles underscore AFC in at the FC the underscore FCAs for hashtag best club creator. So you can do it that way or which is probably easier. You can click on the link in the description, which takes you over to the voting page, find the category of best club creator, type in the Chronicles of Aguna, scroll down and hit the submit button. You don't need to fill in the whole form. You literally can just vote for the category that you want to. So um, I know lots of you have done it already. Thank you so much. And if you haven't done it already, 
what you're waiting for. Get involved. Also, uh, make sure you've hit the like button on the video as well, because there are currently over 250 of you watching us on YouTube alone. Uh, but we've only got 40 likes on the board. Surely we can get that up to 100 as soon as possible. Right. Let's take some of your questions. Let's start uh, with this comment, actually, from Keenan. Thank you very much for your very kind super chat donation. Uh, he says that we need a right back striker, number eight, number 10, number two goalkeeper, just to keep up. Uh, Pereira and Johnston are only 25 million combined. Give us gives us dollars to make sure we get the players in we need. So backing up that point that we were making, that there are a number of areas within this Arsenal side that need addressing. Uh, big hello to Vicky Hanford, who says, first time watching. Welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna family. Harry, have you been on the Highbury squad before? I feel like I've seen you before. Yep, I have. I've been on there a few times. Uh, great show. Make sure you check them out as well. Um, Mike, I'm going to put this one to you. Now, we've been obviously linked with uh, Gimarish of Leon this evening as well. And we'll talk a little bit more about that on our next uh, transfer update show. But the question is from JG10, would you rather Madison and Gimarish for 100 mil or Odegaard, Ramsdale and Neves for the same money? Oh, what a question. I love these. Oh. I love these scenario questions. They're I know quite, it's like so hypothetical. Can, can I can I swap players out, or is it just literally them? No, it's literally them. Literally, Madison them. and Gimarish for a hundred. Oh, mate, you put me on a spot. Or well, Odegaard, Ramsdale, and Neves for the same money. So you essentially so, be getting three players in that second option. So because I don't rate Ramsdale at all, sadly, um, I'm, I'm going to have to say Madison and and Gimarish. Because I don't want Aaron Ramsdale. I have to be honest. I don't think he's he's the guy. If they're going to bring him in for the proposed thirty million, and he's going to you know play back up for a year and then overtake Bernd Leno, I would much rather someone like I don't know Onana or you know some of the other names that would be cheaper than than him. Because I'm not convinced. So yeah, I would go Madison and, and Gimarish to be honest. Yeah, I think I probably agree with you there. Uh, Jung Burkamp says, uh, why would we spend £35 million on a guy who got one goal, two assists in 14 Premier League games for us? He has no end product, just looks good on the ball, waste of money, oh. will it contributes more? Now, that is obviously uh, in relation to Martin Odegaard. And I'll, I'll kick off on this one because I think that is a really simplistic way of looking at what Martin Odegaard brought to the side in his short spell at the club. Remember, he was only at Arsenal from the end of January. He picked up an injury, didn't he, along the way? He also needed some time to get up to speed when he first arrived because he hadn't played a game for Real Madrid all season. I think that's a really simple way of looking at it. And I think it's an unfair way of looking at it. I can think of a number of games. And the one that I guess really sticks out where he didn't contribute a goal or anything was uh, the game against West Ham United when we came back from 3 0 yeah. down. He it was, was fantastic in that game because. What he did was he he set the tempo, he set the rhythm for Arsenal. And to look at a player and say, and just simply look at his goal output is, for me, is, is unfair. I think he brought so much um, to the side when he was playing well. I think Mike made some great points earlier, the fact that he did seem to even combine with Emil Smith-Rowe quite well at times, aside from sort of maybe potentially stunting his development. I just think he brought so much to the side. I think he's got the right attitude. I think he's got room to grow. I'm really positive about it, honestly. It's not happened yet, and maybe it won't. But if it does, I'll be one of those people with a big smile on my face. I just think he brings so much more to the side than that. And I don't know if you agree, Mike. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, I personally really like Joe Willock and I feel like he does deserve a chance. Um, but I just don't think he fits our team, honestly. I, I really don't. I think he's a he's an attacking midfielder and I just feel like if if we do bring someone like Odegaard, I'd, I'd much rather have someone like Odegaard, personally. I just think he he brings more to the team as a collective. Maybe he won't, you know, score as many goals, but if Willock was playing for us, I don't think he would have he would have scored that many goals as he did for Newcastle. I think it was a it was a specified role. Um, a lot of the goals that he did score were as a substitute, and obviously, like Newcastle were were fighting for relegation. It's a, it's a very different prospect. Um, and I'm actually in the camp of um, if we did get a, you know a suitable offer for for Willock this summer, you know, 25, 20 million, I'd probably sell him. So I don't agree with that. That that re- that probably sounds really harsh, but I just think he doesn't really suit how we play. And I, don't, I think we need to be behind players to to suit our system. So, yeah, Odegaard for me as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you as well there, Mike. Uh, let's go back over to the chat box. Let's take this one uh, from Alex McCarthy. I'll put this one to you, Mike. He says, two weeks to go and we haven't signed a regular starter for the new season yet. Arteta cannot complain if things go to pot from game one. What are your thoughts on whether Arteta and Ed... Arteta... Oh my God, Arteta and Edu have done enough. Well, I mean, I think Arteta obviously has a role in the transfers, but I don't think he's, you know, getting on the phone and calling them. And there's there's only so much a, a manager can do. I think that's that's if you have complaints about the transfers, that's got to be on Edu more so than Arteta. So I'm I'm not sure about that point. Um have they done enough? I mean, time will tell, but as as I was saying to Harry earlier. Disappointment on my end. I do agree with you a bit that I would like to see more players that improve our starting eleven because at, at the end of the day, like a squad is is well and good, um, but we're not in the Europa League and we're going to be using less of that squad this year. So primarily, the the starting eleven needs to be the strongest. So yeah, I'm 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 equally disappointed, and I think if we don't get a few more players through and players do leave, then. Yeah, the questions will need to be asked, but I'm keeping an open mind because it's quite a long time to go till then. There's a lot of moving parts, let's not forget, because as as Harry said, you know, Xhaka expected to go, um, Hector Bellerin expected to go. So let's see what happens and let's see who moves. Um, I don't want to, you know, rip into them too much yet, but I do share a lot of your sort of nervousness around around transfers because... Yeah, it needs improvement, plainly, because where we finished last season. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, love this, people latching on to the uh, Artedu. Is that what I said? Artetu. Is that what I said? You said Artetu. Artetu. Maybe we should make it to Artedu. And then, as, as Christian says, we can make some merch out of it. Um, yeah, give me a shout if you fancy an R. Artedu shirt. I'll get them made up. Why not? Let's do it. Uh, I'll take this one finally from Marble Horse TV. What's your opinion on the Hector to interlink. So as we discussed earlier on on the transfer show, it's not moving at the moment. It really isn't. Uh, Bellerin's agent has flown in to discuss it with Edu because it's clear that Bellerin wants to go. It's clear that he's been told he can go. But until an offer comes in that Arsenal deem to be sufficient, Hector Bellerin is going nowhere. There were some reports on Tuesday um, suggesting that that deal was nearly done. But the fact that Bellerin was involved in the friendly against uh, Watford just says that 
the complete opposite to me that is nowhere near being done. And and that's why his agents felt they need to come in and, and have a chat and try and find some sort of compromise that will allow the player to leave the club. Um, we're going to leave it there. Uh, it's been a great show as always. Uh, over 250 of you watching us live at the moment, make sure that you hit that like button if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Give Mike a follow on Twitter as well so you can keep up with his ramblings. And Mike's going to be joining us a lot more frequently um, in the new season, which is fantastic news. Uh, so I look forward to talking all things Arsenal uh, with my uh, my fellow Cypriot. Um, so, yeah. Great stuff. Uh, Guys, thank you all so much. We'll be back very, very soon with more. Until next time, take care of yourselves and stay safe. Goodbye. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.